Every season is spooky season in our book. So settle in and prepare to be shook. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. I'm Santa. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm Amanda. <laughs> and surprise, we're matching on accident. We are. This was not planned. It wasn't. Not at all. But I love it. Not at all. It just shows how much we're aligned that we did this. Even though last time we really weren't aligned because I did all sequins <laughs> with no warning. I'm like chilling it. I don't even know what I wore. I don't think I own a single sequined item anymore. I think I I, th- I got rid of so many clothes earlier this year. I just did a full closet cleanse yes. and got rid of all the crap I don't need. So Amanda's closet There's takeover. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other fun facts? I'll let you go first. Um, yes. Uh, I don't know. For those watching, um, you may notice that I'm not sunken down into the depths of hell like I usually am. I'm usually like way down here, like just trying to reach the microphone because my other chair was like a super low rider. But I went down to the thrift smart and I got me a stool, Bob. And so now, oh, now we're out here. We're, we're up here. So, yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not fighting for my life to try to reach the mic anymore, and I'm not having to sit on a pile of squishmallows. My squishmallows can be free to expand and not be crushed by my ass any longer. Oh, I have another fun fact, but but do you have a fun fact, though? I do. I have a couple. First and foremost, it is the start of Aquarius season, which means... My birthday is almost here, and I used to get excited about that. Uh, not really anymore, though. I'm like, cool, I'm alive still. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And I'm excited to go up to Nashville and see my gal Santa and Stephanie for the first time Yay! in a while and celebrate at an undisclosed date and location. Yes, Yes. we're going to have a girls weekend And legend has it we're going to have a twilight marathon So, yeah, that'll be fun (laughs) Yes, we talked about doing doing that Um, I don't know if we're going to dress up or anything But If we didn't do that, another idea I had for the party would be, and this is totally my random idea, I thought it would be fun to do a, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence party. And we all dress like Nicolas Cage, and we have a game where there are clues written and hidden throughout the home. And to steal the Declaration of Independence, you have to do this little, you know, kind of, uh, what do you call it? Scavenger hunt. Yes, that's the word. Thank you. Whatever theme or themes we choose. Yeah. Yeah. My other fun fact is that I went to the zoo today. 
and it was fun. Oh, please tell me all about this. I went with Danielle and our friend Aaron. So we went to the zoo. It was fun. It was a really nice sunny day today, which is nice because yesterday was like bitterly cold, which that's another annoying thing about those dates I told you about is like the first date we went on, it was like pouring rain outside. And then Mm -hmm. for yesterday when we were like walking around outside, it was cold as fuck. It was just like the odds were not in our favor. Um, But then of course today it's like (laughs) sunny and warm, but it was still fun. I saw my, the highlight was that I got to see the tiger up close, like really, really close because he was sleeping up next to the glass just like on his back, like, <gasps> and he had his face pressed up against the glass. So it was like, he was right there. I was an inch away from the tiger. Oh my gosh. It was cool. That's awesome. Tigers are my favorite. Yeah. I love my favorite wild animals are definitely the big cats, big cat rescue. But anyways, Let's get into the episode because no one wants to hear any more of this, and I'm probably going to have to cut out a ton of it to begin with. What oh, had darn. you should- Well, can I tell you an animal story real quick? Yes. <laughs> okay, I didn't see a tiger, but as you know, I've got my two Futurama kitties, Bender and Fry. They're both incredibly smart. They know words like hungry, like do you want to go outside, bedtime, you want a treat. They know what all those things mean, like they, they get it. Okay. Fry, his intelligence has reached a whole new level. So when Connolly gets home from work, typically he'll be the one to play with Fry first because Fry is just a ball of energy. And he made this makeshift and it's always the makeshift toys that you didn't spend $20 on. It's literally a stick with a, a piece of, I guess, I don't know, butcher's twine or something. And he whips it back and forth and he, you know, Puts it on the ground, makes him chase it. He loves that shit. It was almost free 99. It was so cheap. But that's his favorite freaking toy. And we keep it underneath the TV in this little drawer that we have. This motherfucker couldn't wait for daddy to get home one day. So what did he do? He opened the drawer by himself and pulled the toy out of the, <laughs> out of the drawer. He literally bit, pawed, scratched, pulled on this thing until it opened just so he could play. And he dragged it around the house. Badass kid. He's been doing that. I know. He's just, he can't stop. Won't stop. But yeah, that's all I got. That's my fun fact, I guess. Well, what had you shook this week, though? All righty. I can tell you about that. So... The story that had me shook this week. All right. The story that had me shook this week is The Crescent Hotel. Oh. I'm excited to tell you about this one. Yes. All righty. Located in the Ozark Mountains in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, sits the beautiful Crescent Hotel. Despite its remarkable Victorian beauty, the hotel has a troubling past, and it's considered one of the most, if not the most, haunted hotels in all of the United States of America. So before I dive into the Crescent Hotel itself, I did want to tell you a couple fun facts about 
the history of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So just real quick, back in 1879, people from all over flocked to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. These folks excitedly came to the area when ancient Native American waters were rediscovered and rumors of the water's healing powers circulated. So I guess kind of like the Fountain of Youth type situation. So by the year of 1880, the population pretty much had gone from nothing to bam, 15,000 residents, which back then I feel like is probably a lot of people. They sometimes joked that Eureka Springs was the new little Chicago. They had all kinds of shenanigans going on. All the well-to-do folks were going there. So not much longer after this population boom, the Crescent Hotel was born. Built in 1886, the Crescent Hotel was considered the most luxurious hotel west of the Mississippi. Bubbles, luxury, real diamonds. With that said, the Crescent Hotel was at one point invitation only, and it was meant for the high society only. So basically, if you weren't sleeping in a bed of cash, super freaking rich, then you weren't getting in, and that's a fact. You quite simply do not pass go, and you certainly do not collect $200. You're out. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> it's my favorite thing to say, like, if, if you don't, if you you don't meet the expectations, the you're out. <laughs> you have to say it like that. How very. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> it's giving Heathers, and I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> you're out <laughs> you're out okay <laughs> all right so it's alleged that during construction of the hotel a stone worker named michael who was working on the hotel he was way up high and he saw a beautiful young lady from this great height and he thought it would be a wonderful idea to lean over and holler at her who knows what he said he may have looked her up and down and said, you got a pretty mouth. Or, you know, whatever flirtatious saying was popular back then. You could say his little head was doing all the thinking, not the, mm-hmm. not the big head up here. So, whoopsie! Uh, while trying to entice this lady, he fell to his death into slash onto room 218. It's unclear because I'm not sure at what point they were in with construction, if it was just a shallow husk of a room and he fell in it or he came from a balcony, fell on top of the roof. I don't know, but he died. He died. That's all I know. Oh no. Yeah, I know. Right. Oh no. So that was room 218. <laughs> Damn. And we will circle back to Michael. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. So now you might think in theory that uh, saving the hospitality of this hotel only for the wealthiest and most well-to-do that it's, exclusivity would send more people in droves because you know it was basically arkansas's hottest club but no this business model was simply not keeping the lights on as expected so in 1908 this luxury hotel was used as a woman's conservatory so basically it was a seasonal school for the well-to-do young women it sounded kind of like they were maybe phasing out the invite only hotel bullshit and then in the off season they would have the girls come and go to school seasonally kind of like a semester type thing it it did that off and on so the conservatory for young women was kind of in this off and on kind of stint from 1908 until 1934 sorry I got a 
Bender's fur is in my fucking nose. He just loves mama. I swear, he I do not do cocaine. a piece of him with you at all times. That is my needy boy, and I love him so much. Okay. So the rumor has it that while the school was in session, one of the students either fell or jumped in a fit of despair from the third floor balcony. And there's some speculation that this woman who jumped or fell to her death may have been pregnant out of wedlock. Your body We're going to have temple. to send her away. Um. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll touch on her later. Um, but between this poor lady and Michael, the stoneworker, you could say that gravity's a real freaking jerk. So then in 1937, a purple-clad fellow named Norman G. Baker enters the chat. Now, this Norman Baker guy, I'm just going to I'm just going to come right out and say it, okay? This dude has got to be one of the most sinful, shameless scumbag charlatans I have ever heard of in my entire life. And if I saw him, I would have punched him square in the gut. Well, what did he do? Oh, girl. Listen to this. What this Norman Baker decided he wanted to do was purchase the hotel, paint it up in his favorite color, purple, and convert it into a hospital. Because after all, this guy, he had the cure for cancer. Can you believe it? Wow, wonderful. Right? Wrong. Because you know why? This man did not have a medical degree, no medical training, Literally nothing. He ain't got nothing. He is simply, he's out. He's simply unqualified. <laughs> you may be wondering, what the fuck was he? If he wasn't a doctor, what was he? Well, I'll tell you. He was a broadcaster, okay? He had a large following, and that's it. Uh, he was basically America's original gangster influencer shilling essential oils. <laughs> that's pretty much what he was. So... <laughs> Guess what, Santa? Guess what this brosif thought was the cure for cancer? What? <laughs> no guesses at all. Make make a couple Wait, guesses. Okay. Anything. It could be anything. I promise you it's not as what weird as this. What he thought was the cure for cancer. Um, drinking your own pee. Ooh. No. That's pretty Tell me gnarly. if I'm warm. That's pretty gnarly. It's not Tell me if I'm like warm or it cold because I kind of low key do want to make guesses. It's involved with liquid. Okay, please guess. It's involved with liquid, so you're lukewarm. But I guarantee like, you will not guess what it is. The cure for cancer. Oh, the water from the spring, like the the water. Yeah, the the mineral water. No. Because right? <laughs> that would that would get people that's to a, come there. That's a that is a great guess. And when I learned that that's what Eureka Springs was famous for, I was like, oh, this motherfucker right here, he's gonna try to bamboozle us with some healing, you know, Eureka Spring water. He ought to have like done Dasani, that. But no. I'm gonna tell you what he thought was <laughs> or rather what he told people was the cure for cancer. Are you ready for this? Get ready. Buckle yeah. up. Ground up. Watermelon seeds, brown corn silk, red clover, some water, mint, and carbolic acid in a vial, in a concoction. 
Okay, a tincture. I see where he's going with it, but that's quite a claim to make. Yeah. Yeah, all I got to say is, what in the fresh hell is this MLM snake oil bullshit? Because I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school. I certainly don't have the cure for cancer. But I'm pretty sure that watermelon seeds have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like so bizarre to me. Water, cr crushed up watermelon seeds? I don't know about you, but my mama told me if you swallow a watermelon seed, you're going to get a prego belly and give birth to a watermelon. That's a scientific fact. What was your initial thought when I said that this was, was a concoction? How would you, how would you preferably like to take something like this? Well, I would assume it's being distributed by mouth. Is he sticking it up people's asses? Yeah. Um, <laughs> about that, Norman Baker made millions, allegedly, off of these sick people. And over 40 people died at the hospital in his care. Because guess what? This concoction that he made to cure people was injected directly into their tumors up to seven times a day. He was inflaming them. That was, that's very, he was literally like inflaming them by doing that fuck. And he was taking money for this. He was literally, he, yeah, he literally had this big ass sign on the, on the hotel slash hospital that said cancer curable. And he had literature out there that said cure for cancer guaranteed. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah, it's really fucked up. And yeah, so back to the story. Um, so prior to his Crescent Hotel bullshit, Norman was traveling as a mentalist where he did mind reading shows in vaudeville. And he only got by with this with his strikingly beautiful eyes and charisma. Dude was a bullshit artist, but karma's a bitch. Norman Baker was eventually arrested and imprisoned for fraud charges. He died in September of 1958 in his yacht in Miami, Florida. So it sounds like he didn't have an actual physical piece of property. A yacht is pretty bougie, don't get me wrong. But the point is, he died. And you're not going to believe this, but um, he died of cirrhosis of the liver that had been aggravated by cancer. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? So. That's irony. Yeah. So the hotel turned hospital obviously had a change of ownership after all that. And it, of course, turned back into the hotel that it was always intended to be. And listen to this, hunty. In 2019, like hardly any years ago, it was. I feel like 2019 was yesterday, but at this point, is it 2023? What day is it? I don't know. For whatever reason, some people at the hotel decided that they had to excavate the property behind the hotel, and what they unearthed was completely jaw-dropping. Like, what? It's giving American Horror Story Season 1, because buried underneath 
the soil were dozens of jars containing tumors and other body parts submerged in formaldehyde or whatever was most convenient for him to soak it in, you know? Who knows? I doubt it was real formaldehyde. However, they were still slightly still preserved. So first and foremost, this man did not believe in surgery on living people, but he had no problem cutting someone up after they had already passed on. And he would carve out the cancer in their body and whatever body parts may be attached. And he would put these parts into jars and preserve them. And over the course of the years, somehow they had gotten buried. And even still in 2023, if you visit the hotel, the morgue is down below inside the hotel and lined along the back wall of the morgue are actual jars of these specimens and on the property where they started carving all the earth out, they have like a, it looks like a glass enclosure kind of separating it so that people don't fall in. Don't fall in. Um, and it has some of the jars sticking out. So you can like, if you stay in the hotel, you can like just go down there? Yes. Yeah, so they offer ghost tours and things like that. Um, oh, okay. For the moment we've been waiting for, the hauntings. So... I really wanted to see some physical evidence of this. And oh my goodness, Santa. All right. So just so you know, I did send you some photos and I sent you a video. Uh, it's on Reddit. Um, and they're really creepy, just so you can reference as I'm telling you these stories. So now for the hauntings. I really wanted to see some physical evidence. And so I watched several YouTube videos, two of which were Omar Gosh TV and Kelsey Davies. Um, they collabed together and they were in each other's video. They were exploring the hotel at the same time. So there's a little bit of overlap, but they each did get um, some of their own original evidence that was not cross-distributed. And so those were both really good. Um, Omar brought his lady and Kelsey brought her pal Mackenzie. They, like I said, had unique footage, and then there was some overlap. I also found a YouTube video from another show called Haunting History, I believe. And, of course, I also watched my favorite, Ghost Adventures, read some articles, read it, etc. There is an episode on this hotel and um, Ghost Hunters, but when I looked it up on Discovery+, Plus, I didn't see it. It looked like they only had two of the newer seasons, so I was really mm. upset because I really wanted to watch that. I'm sure they did. A great job, but just kind of, kind of, I know. I was upset. I was like, come They're on. They're like the ghost hunters hub, I pay for I this thought. service. Right. Right. I'm paying good money for this. Anyway, so on Omar Gosh TV, YouTube channel, here's some of the evidence that I got. So the gals that accompanied Omar uh, said that their camera batteries were going dead quickly one of them said that her battery went abruptly, like instantaneously, from 55% to zero, just out of the blue. That's one thing that happened. Um, another one of the one of the gals that was with Omar later had said that they were in the pain asylum where the dying patients were kept. So in addition to his like surgery room or whatever he had a, a pit for people who were dying and he had another room for people who 
were causing a fit that he thought needed some sort of psychological intervention. Um, and that's, that's where they were hanging out. And while they were hanging in this area where the people were dying, she suddenly felt pain. Uh, I think this was Kelsey. She felt pain on the side where her liver is. And she said she sensed a tall man uh, with her. And this pain was really abrupt and it left as soon as she got out of there. And you'll understand the significance of that at the end. But ooh-wee. they showed a video that someone had taken while staying in one of the rooms. It looks like there's a girl darting across the camera. I sent you that video if you want to check it out. You can check it out right now or not. But basically, that was one of the more compelling pieces that I saw. They were on the fourth floor, uh, room 412, where there was a woman named Theodora. And they call room 412 Theodora's room. She allegedly was a nurse turned patient. She worked for him and then she got sick herself. And when she died, um, she stayed in the hotel and people say that she's kind of a neat freak and she can, I don't know if it's just her being passive aggressive at times, but apparently if she doesn't like someone, she'll mess with them in ways. Like if they leave the room, she'll stack your suitcases up along the door so you can't get back in. Or for the neat freak aspect of her, sometimes if you leave things scattered around the bed or whatever, she'll organize them from biggest to smallest or what have you to make it kind of be in order. So she's kind of very particular in that way. Um, Omar and the rest of his crew, they leave and they go to dinner. When they come back to room 412, they find that one of the floor lamps had turned on. It was, it was off when they left. Um, they did not turn that light on. It turned on by itself. Um, and this actually in Theodore's room, I watched a couple other YouTube videos that I just kind of skimmed. And in that same room, multiple people had left to come back and find the light was on. So it wasn't just them. Um, there was, I want to say it was Mackenzie when they were at dinner, she had her, her battery pack plugged up and it was charging. But when they got back, her charger had been unplugged after that happened completely unprovoked Mackenzie's iPhone flashlight turned on all by itself. I forget what it was. It looked like a bottle or something. There's something that was sitting in the middle of the floor. It flipped over by itself. Um, again, I'm not sure if it was a cup or something. I couldn't tell what it was when I even put that in my notes, but flipped over by itself. They caught that on camera. I think they locked themselves up in the morgue and they began to ask Norman questions using a couple different communication tools. One was the red light, green light thing, the yes or no replies. And sometimes it shows written responses, I guess. So they ended up getting some creepy, intelligent replies. The REM pod started lighting up and it was going crazy during certain questions. Another thing that happened was in the morgue, one of the girls was operating a tool with the written responses and she had her noise canceling headphones on with her eyes closed, covered rather. She could, she was, it was completely sensory deprived. She couldn't see or hear anything. And she kept seeing these disturbing images. And one of those images was of a fetus. She gets freaked out and they ask if it was an abortion and the yes, green light goes off. So green is yes, red is no. That was kind of creepy. Kelsey, I guess she's a psychic medium. I found that out when I was watching her YouTube channel. She's the one that was doing that. Um, there's some other cool things that happen. They go into Michael's room 
uh, where the guy had died when he fell, leaning over to say hey to that lady. And an EVP that they caught said, I fell. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> they got some other cool stuff, but the story's going pretty long, so I'll break it down. Ghost Adventures, the most pivotal piece of evidence I've ever seen. Zach has a coughing fit. Uh, there's a tour guide named Diane who mentions that there's a boy named Brecky, and she took a photo of his spirit on the staircase. That's one of the photos I sent you. I don't know much about Brecky's story, but in the image you can see an actual person at the foot of the stairs and then at the little apex where it turns up, you see like a translucent boy and there's a little bench behind him. So you can see through and see that the bench is still there. So it's got to be a ghost. There's no way around it. Um, (laughs) Another tour guide said, that she's had three people faint on the third floor, and the third floor is where that lady had jumped. The lady in the mist. Oh, when Zach had his coughing fit, they reviewed the EVP after the cough, and uh, this voice says, You got credit? (laughs) So they were like, Norman's hustling me for money. Oh, you can't pay up front? That's fine. We'll just do a... We'll just do a payment plan. I'd say a 12-month payment plan, but we might want to cut it shorter than that. I'd like to have all your money at least within three months because you never know. I mean, I'm going to do the best I can, but I can't promise that you're going to be. <laughs> I can't promise you're going to be on this earth for 12 months. Um, uh, let's see what else happens. Oh, they review some footage, and there's a white mist that shoots past Zach, and then there's another EVP. They think that's the spirit of Michael. Zach feels a scratch on his neck, and he thinks it's Norman Baker. They put on one of those voice boxes that scans at different frequencies. I I forget. It might be the REM pod. I could be wrong. They put it out in the hallway, and in 30 minutes, they only pick up one one EVP, one voice. It's a woman voice. It says, hello. Um, Zach, of course, has a bad dizzy spell, and he puts Billy in charge of the voice box, and it says, Billy So it did give some intelligent, you know, kind of stuff. So, yeah, they had other EVPs. There was more evidence, but you get the idea. There's at least four or five different ghosts in that hotel, some of which they didn't have much of a backstory. But um, so would you go? Would you go with me to the Crescent Hotel? Yeah, that sounds cool. I would like to go there. It's not that far. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's like in our region, at least. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, would, it's in the Ozark Mountains. It's Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, I would love to go like this year if possible. Like that'd be cool. I'd love to go anywhere this year, but that place sounds really cool, especially with like the morgue feature and like the ghost tour feature. Oh my gosh, I would die. What about you? What had what had you shook this week, Santa? I actually have a pretty short story this time but it's still interesting have you ever heard of a haunted toys r us (laughs) i sure haven't and i'm gonna stop my cackling tell me about this haunted toys r us allegedly um there was a haunted toys r us in Sunnyvale, California. Of course, you know how they started closing down all the Toys R Us's across the nation. So 
this Toys R Us was closed down mm-hmm. in 2018, so it doesn't exist anymore. But it was built in the 70s and existed until 2018, and it was haunted from the jump. Now mm-hmm. it's an REI <laughs> camp and supplies. And it's probably still haunted too then. Nice. But basically, this Toys R Us was haunted from the time that it was built because of a man named Johnny Johnson, who that's who haunts the location where the Toys R Us stood. His name was Johnny Johnson, and he was a ranch hand on Martin Murphy's wheat plantation. And that was on the land that is now the city of Sunnyvale. And then one day he was killed in a machinery accident in 1884. An artery in his leg was severed and he bled to death right where the Toys R Us was built. So he died on the location of the Toys R Us. And basically his ghost has been reportedly known since the 70s, um, there's just been a lot of different reports from employees and stuff. Um, for example, a former employee named Putt Putt O'Brien. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Putt, really? Oh my god. Oh, 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 O'Brien. O'Brien. Comma, Putt Putt. No, I'm just <laughs> A former employee named Putt Putt O'Brien shared her Johnson ghost sighting with the Chicago Tribune in 1991. She said that he looked like a young man in his 20s or 30s, and he was wearing a work shirt, knickers, and a gray tweed cap, and he walked past her once while she was working. She said she also heard horses galloping through the store once. Oh. Yeah. I don't know about the horses galloping through the store. You sure this wasn't a zoo? It's giving Jumanji. (laughs) Sylvia Brown, a world-renowned psychic, investigated this Toys R Us and declared that he is a classic case of a ghost caught in a time warp. So I actually have like a little, you already know Ghostland by Colin Dickey was my source. You already know what it is. So I have like some direct quotes from Sylvia Brown. She said, He's a classic case of a ghost caught in a time warp. He's hard at work at his handyman job, tending to the Martin Murphy ranch that thrived on the same land a hundred years ago. He can't figure out for the life of him where all these loud, rambunctious children keep coming from who tear up his freshly planted vegetables, having no clue that the children are actually playing up and down the aisles of the toy store that sits there today. So he's a confused... Allegedly, he's a confused spirit um, that, in his reality, he's just back working the farmland on the spot where the Toys R Us mm-hmm. is. And all this going goings on around him is just like, it's not his reality. And so Sylvia Brown, allegedly, learned from her investigation into the haunted Toys R Us that Johnson had fallen in love with his boss's daughter, Elizabeth Murphy, but was heartbroken to discover that she had married a lawyer and moved to Boston where he was based. So it was an unrequited love and he was a sad boy. So a short time after she married the lawyer and moved to Boston, the accident happened that killed him. So 
Allegedly, he died of a broken heart. And now his ghost just limps through the aisles of the store, still doing the work he did in life on that very spot. In the late 70s, Sylvia Brown hosted a seance in in that Toys R Us to communicate with Johnson. During the seance, an infrared photo was taken that shows an anomaly. And that anomaly is a black silhouette of a figure standing with their thumbs in their belt loops like a cowboy stance. Um, And everyone else in the room shows up on the infrared image, like how a human with heat would show up. And then he shows up as a black silhouette because he's not a human with heat, Mm. um, allegedly. So this seance that happened and the infrared photo were featured on the 80s TV show, That's Incredible. Both Sylvia Brown and the Sunnyvale (laughs) Toys R Us became quite popular as a result. Other Toys R Us locations in San Bernardino, California, and North Bergen, New Jersey, even claimed they were haunted too. Because they wanted some clout. They needed a dollop of clout. Sylvia Brown became, after, after all of this, you know... All of this spectacle, Sylvia Brown became a best-selling author, of course, and she made a lot of money doing psychic readings as well. And she also appeared regularly on the Montel Williams show. If you look her up, you'll recognize her. Like I didn't realize who she was, and then I like looked her up and I recognized her. Um, oh my god, that was prime she, television back in the day. <laughs> Montel, yes. Oh my god. So she was also called upon by law enforcement, you know, to help out as a medium, but she ended up kind of doing more harm than good with that kind of stuff because she was just giving inaccurate readings saying that Mm -hmm. when they were like looking for a missing person, telling the upset families like, no, he's alive actually. And he's, he's alive. Or something like that, and then only for them to be found dead. And it was just like she was just causing problems. It was inconsistent. It was really just inconsistent. So Sylvia Brown made regular trips back to see Johnson over the years at the Toys R Us. In her 2003 book, Visits from the Afterlife, she says that she tried to convince Johnson to go to the light of God that was waiting for him and be reunited with his lost love. She said that Johnson got so tired of her trying to get him to cross over that one day he said, if you don't stop telling me I'm dead, I'm never going to talk to you again. So maybe he snapped. (laughs) She didn't want that connection to be severed, so she never mentioned it again. But yeah, so that's the Haunted Toys R Us, but it's not a Toys R Us anymore, so now it's a Haunted REI, I guess. If anybody knows anything about the REI, also being haunted, the REI in Sunnyvale that replaced the Toys R Us. Let us know. Or if you live in Sunnyvale and want to go like do a do a little ghost hunt on our behalf. I'm curious. Seriously, dude. Maybe maybe we could go to the REI and spend the night in one of the tents. Like display tents. Ooh. I like that idea. That would be fun. Yeah, get it sounds out me, way better than actual camping. Yeah, it's like glamping, <laughs> but only with the threat of ghosts and not the threat of like a bear attack. Seriously, oh my god! I saw this. Uh, I think I was. I had to go to Chattanooga 
for something recently and on my I think it was when I was on my way to Chattanooga I saw a billboard and it had two images side by side one was just a random oak leaf and the other one was uh poison ivy (laughs) the poison ivy side said not toilet paper the random leaf toilet paper and I was like I'll pass on both (laughs) So it was an REI billboard? For an in-store camp sesh. It was for either a outdoorsman store like that. Okay, or, or like a, a fucking Bass Pro Shop or Explore something. Blue Ridge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, could, it probably was Bass. It probably was that Bass. Well, all I'll say is that out of all places that could be haunted, I guarantee a Toys R Us is probably the last kind of place on my list that could be haunted. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like a place, like, you know, a safe place. But it seems like Johnny Johnson wasn't hurting anyone. He didn't mean no harm. He was just no. He was just still doing his farm work. Just like Sarah Winchester's staff ghosts that just, like, clocked in in the afterlife. Like, he's just doing it. So... <laughs> Not getting paid for overtime or nothing. Mm, not even getting paid by Mr. <laughs> Murphy. But well, yeah. dang. Well, that was great. I, like I said, I've never heard of anything like that before, and I'll never look at toy stores the same. But, uh, yeah. Um, well, everybody, that is our show. Hopes you liked it. And, uh,. I think I just said hoped. I hope you liked it. And uh, if you if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, if you don't mind. If you have something nice to say. And if you didn't know, if you haven't figured it out, we do have a YouTube channel. And we post all of our um, audio and video on the YouTube as well. So please find us there. And you can like and subscribe and all that fun stuff. And yeah, I guess that's a wrap. We will see you next time. We'll see you next time for our Valentine's episode. <laughs> Yee. Yeah. So. Okay. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more. Until next time, stay shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form. Or you can send us an email at shookparanormalpod at gmail.com.